verse is from Proverbs 9. Um, Wisdom has built her house. She has carved in seven columns. She has prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines, and set the table. She has sent her servants to invite everyone to to come. She calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. Anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will, on, they will only hate you. Be correct, but, but correct the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn evermore. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. The woman named Folly is brash. She is ignorant and doesn't know know it. She sits in her doorway on the heights overlooking the city. She calls out the men going by who are minding their own business. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says. Stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. But little do they know that the dead are there. Her guests are in the depths of the grave. Amen. Many years ago, there was a young woman, and dare I say, there have been hundreds, if not thousands, just like her over the years, who found themselves, maybe found isn't the right word, maybe she was more lost than she realized, ill-prepared, scared, alone, pregnant. And she stood at the beginning of a path, just like every woman before her and every woman that will come after. She was looking for answers. On each side of that path, There were competing invitations for her attention, demanding that a choice be made. That's the image that Proverbs 9 paints for us this morning. We are all on paths with competing invitations on either side, demanding that we need to make a choice. On the one side of the path, is an elegant lady named Wisdom inviting us in. On the other side of the path is a house with a seductive lady named Folly. You see, the right answer seems easy. All we need is the right information. We'll know what to do. Go Google it. The answers are there. But the reality is 
we find ourselves running back and forth between these two houses all the time. See, while the right choice seems obvious to us, we are complicated. We have histories. We have complicated histories filled with hurts, filled with scars. Some of those scars from self-inflicted surgeries. But often our scars are left from things beyond our control. Things that others have said. Or things that others have done to us. Some of those have left the greatest scars. And let's be honest, when we take all of that history into consideration, the choice at the crossroads that seems like it should be so obvious, that choice can be paralyzing. Yet through the scars, through the numbness, we hear one voice that stands out louder than the others. Verse 13 tells us that the woman named Folly is brash. She is ignorant, and she doesn't know it. Folly, foolishness is loud. It's constant commotion and turbulence, but in a negative way. Because of a bad heart attitude. When those scars, when those hurts are there, they take over. And so when the loud negative voice calls out, that's what you're drawn to. You just naturally start to lean that way. We're all ignorant about some things. Things that we maybe haven't learned yet. But you see, Folly has actually rejected learning. She calls out, urging others to live in the moment with no regard for tomorrow's consequences. Seize the day for your own purposes, Folly says. Fill up on your desires. If it makes you feel good, do it, says Folly. Stolen water and bread in secret is what she offers us. It is sweet, she promises. All sin is, isn't it? Sweet for a moment. Until the guilt and until the shame and the consequences start to settle in. See, folly would like us to believe that there are no consequences for our choices. Folly wants us to believe that our choices to follow her are going to bring us freedom. Do what you want. You will be free if you do my way. But doesn't bread and water sound more like prison food? Sounds more like prison rations. See, folly promises freedom, but she only delivers bondage. Verses 7 and 8 give us a description of what folly brings in her so-called freedom. Anger. 
bitterness, emptiness, unhappiness, loneliness. For our young pregnant woman who hears the voice and promise of folly and enters into that place making a decision that will forever change her life. She feels shame. She feels guilt on top of all the other. Yet folly keeps up the seduction and she keeps up the lies. You did what you need to do for you. You had to look out for number one. Your life would have never amounted to anything if you had brought a child into the world now. This is all about you and your needs, Folly says. See, Folly seduces young men with similar ideas. Go ahead, look at those pictures. You're not hurting anyone. And yet science tells us that those images forever imprint the minds of young people. To men and women, folly seduces them with, what's one more drink? You're having a good time, aren't you? What's one more? Have another. To the man or woman who enjoys shopping. Folly says, you need this. You deserve this. That's what a credit card is for. Just pay for it later. Folly continues to tempt us all with empty promises of fulfillment, of freedom, until we realize that we really have no freedom at all. We've been in bondage to her the whole time, heading down a path that leads to destruction. As verse 18 tells us, a path that leads to death. That's what happens when we choose self over God. It's what happens when we rebel against his way and go the way of folly. The consequences are disastrous. Isn't that the way of the world, though? The world tempts us into all sinful, foolish choices, full of empty promises. And then the world shames us for making them and rejects us when we fall. But church, we have a Jesus, we have a Savior that won't do that. He will never shame you. He will never reject you. And in our text this morning, wisdom is personified as a classy lady who opens up her home and invites us in. It is a picture of Jesus. He is our wealthy, wise friend who has thought of absolutely everything that you will ever need. And he's already provided for it. Jesus lacks nothing that you will ever need. Wisdom House, it says, has seven pillars. Seven is the number of perfection that reflects 
the perfection of God. We've been using John 10.10 almost every week in our Proverbs study because it really describes what wisdom is for us. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thief sounds a little bit like folly, does it not? But Jesus is wisdom. And wisdom brings a satisfying and full life. Look at the feast that wisdom has prepared compared to the bread and water of folly. She has prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines, and set the table out for you. What Jesus offers is ready right now. Not someday in the future. It's not a a future promise. That promise is available to you now, today, in this moment. He has set a table for you that is spread with wisdom. With delicacies to satisfy you in every area of your life. Verse 3 tells us that wisdom has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. That's a picture of the prophets and the apostles, the preachers, the evangelists, the Sunday school teachers, our parents, mentors who have shared with us the good news of Jesus. You see, when we hear the word of God, whether it's spoken, whether it's read. That's an invitation to his banquet. Wisdom is inviting you in. God is inviting every one of us into the joys and wisdom of a life with him. But we have to accept it. He will never drag us in, kicking and screaming. You have to accept it. Everyone, everyone is welcome. Whoever is simple, let him enter. We can't do this thing called life alone. We've seen examples of that this morning in our prayer times. No matter how smart you think you are, in light of Jesus, in light of his wisdom, You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. We're not that smart. In light of Jesus, he has all the wisdom. Jesus is the greatest expert in the universe on you. Nobody can build a better life for you than he can. No matter what you think you can do for yourself, Only Jesus can do it. With Jesus, your future is bright. He's available. Everyone. Absolutely everyone. Even to those who have found themselves in the house of folly. A time or two 
or a hundred times. He's still there on the other side of the path waiting to welcome you with open arms. Wisdom is available. It's never too late to accept the invitation of wisdom. Look at the thief on the cross with Jesus. Both thieves were on the cross having lived lives of folly. But only one of them stepped from folly to wisdom in the last moment. He said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's choosing wisdom. As long as there is breath in your lungs, Jesus' gift of salvation, the gift of the path of wisdom, is available and open to you. But what our text tells us is that we must simply repent and leave the company of the simple. You can't stay simple. In Christ, we are new creations. Jesus is creating a new community in him. When we experience community, when we experience life together with Christ at the center, we're plugging into the same power that Christ himself had, the same power that raised him from the dead. And it's the same power that will drown out the voice of folly in your life. That voice that's trying to seduce you and call you over. In community, we experience the power of Christ. And it's that power that turns us towards wisdom over and over and over. Because even though you choose wisdom one time, your days are filled with decisions, they're filled with choices. And folly is always there. Come this way. Look this way. I'm over here. But that power is directing you this way. Community helps you stay focused. If we don't leave our simple ways, if we don't change our group of friends that continue in their simple ways, we're doomed to repeat the folly again and again and again. That's why the author of Proverbs talks about the scoffer. Anyone who rebu rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. Some kind of friend. But correct the wise. They will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Every one of us needs someone in our lives to who we can regularly ask, how am I doing? How can I do better? But then we need to listen. 
If you want to grow, if you want to change, you actually need to be open and listen. Because if we continue with our friends in folly, we're going to become scoffers. We see nothing wrong with our behavior. We think we don't need correction. Scoffers think that other people need their opinion, not the other way around. Scoffers are easily offended by correction. Do you ever try to correct someone and they get really, really defensive? I've done that. I, I, I've been, I, if, if that's the definition of a scoffer, I have to raise my hand. I've done that. I don't like to be corrected. You can ask my husband. Who does? Not many of us. But if we do it over and over and over and over, that should be a sign. We're headed down the path of folly. A scoffer thinks that every problem in their life is somehow your fault. Doesn't take the responsibility for their own choices. But what happens is it goes back to those scars and hurts that we all carry. Our histories that skew our perspective. See, when we look at the timeline of our lives, we all have a reason to not see the positive. If we look over all our hurts, all the scars we have, we could say, I have a right to be cynical. But not with Jesus. Unless you like being cynical. You like being in that pit that you just keep falling down lower and lower and lower because that's what folly does. Puts you into a bottomless pit and you just keep going a little lower and a little lower. But with Jesus, he pulls us out. Puts us on the path to wisdom. But you have to be willing to accept the invitation. See, Jesus is reason enough to get out of that pit. Jesus is reason enough to get out of the house of folly. Jesus is reason enough to say, Lord, here are my scars. This is how I've been hurt. What do you want to do with it? Because I don't want it. And he does. He will never let you down. Jesus is why we humble ourselves and leave our simple ways behind. Jesus is why we give up our rebel hearts for his heart and his spirit to fill us up. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. You see, we revere Jesus as the Holy One, which means he's outside any category, any box we could ever try to put him in. And he loves us more than we could ever love him back. More than we could even love ourselves. And that's saying a lot. 
And if we're honest, we let him down. Sometimes more often than we realize. But his heart is still torn, turned toward us. That's how much he loves us. In Hosea 11.9, this was God's words to Israel. I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel. For I am God. I am not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. That is love. That is a God who loves. No matter your past hurts, no matter the past choices you've made that you regret, that shame you. God isn't that. No. He loves his loving heart is waiting to speak into your life. Like the thief on the cross, we can cry out to Jesus, Will you remember me, Jesus? We can continue our prayer to include, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to grow in you, Lord. Please, tell me how to grow. See, that's the beginning of wisdom. It's reverence for the Lord. It's fear of the Lord. Wisdom is about seeking out Jesus in all things, always. It's about engaging with him on a personal level. Jesus is how we change. Jesus is how we become wise. Are we grabbing hold of Jesus? Are we reading the stories in this Bible and just passing them over as, oh, that's just the past? Or do we recognize that the same God, the same power that was working in the lives of these biblical characters is the same God in the same power that we have available to us today. Do we understand it? Do we grab hold of it? That's wisdom. That is hope. It's hope that's offered to the young pregnant woman who took the path of folly into that abortion clinic and now regrets it. It is hope for the young man entangled in pornography and wants to be free. It is the hope for the addict who had no idea that one drink more would lead to such trouble and now wants help. It's hope for the shopper who's indulged in items till it grew out of control. It is hope for every one of us who have chosen unwisely at any point in our lives. And I know you have because we all have. We've all accepted the invitation of folly at some point. We've all rebelled against God in a moment and then went back, Lord, forgive me. And he does every time. The only thing that keeps you from God is you. The only thing keeping you from Jesus, 
from wisdom and from the path of righteousness is you. Only Jesus offers life. Only Jesus offers forgiveness for our unwise choices. Only Jesus offers wisdom. Only Jesus offers strength so that we don't make those same unwise choices again. Only Jesus can transform a rebel heart into a spirit-filled one. Jesus told the parable of the wise and foolish builders in Matthew. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain comes down, the steams, ro- streams ro- rise, and the winds blow and beat against the house. But it doesn't fall because its foundation was on the rock. You see, the house that wisdom built is that house built on faith in the Lord. It is a house that believes in Jesus for forgiveness, that seeks to do his will in all things. It is a house that puts into practice what Jesus says in here. Every one of us at the start of every day are on a path. On the one side is folly. On the other is wisdom. Whose house will you enter? They're both inviting you in. One's louder than the other. One leads to destruction. One leads to death. It's your choice. Will you let your rebel heart take over? Or will you leave that rebel heart in the hands of Jesus? Because Jesus will take it. He'll mold it. And he'll transform it. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All of us have made choices, some godly, some not so godly, Father. And you've forgiven them all. Lord, this morning we lay our rebel hearts in your hands. Take the rebel hearts that are still in our inside of us, Lord, and, and transform them. Show us the path of wisdom. Remind us of where you've been in our lives. Remind us of your love. It will encourage us. It will strengthen us, Father, as we head down the path of life and folly calls out to us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. In his holy and precious name, amen.